Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, White Sox fans, it's Brett Ballantini, and we're doing something sort of new. I guess if you've been watching and listening to our podcast, it's not really new because we've done two opening day pregame podcasts and two opening day postgame podcasts. We're going to try to do a little bit shorter uh, postgame podcasts, at least for some select games. And this ooh, uh, interesting choice tonight, but it is the first one we're doing. And I am here with a guy who hopped on with us maybe about a year or so ago, uh, pretty much became our go-to guy on the beat last year with Sports Illustrated. And strangely enough, he also co-hosts the Northside Sox podcast, so you've definitely heard him if you haven't read him yet on site. He'll be our Thursday coverage guy, even though I've stolen the first couple opening day games from him. He's got coverage the rest of the year on Thursdays. It's Sam Sherman. Welcome. I think this is the first time we've ever spoken in this way, Sam, so it's nice to see you. I think so, yeah. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me, uh, having me even, after, even after that whatever that game was. (laughs) Even under these circumstances. All right. Well, uh, as much as I tried an extended intro to avoid talking about the game, of course, (laughs) a 10 inning loss, uh, two, nothing white Sox. Um, well, actually both teams, very uh, poor hitting against two aces. So that is not unexpected at all, but unfortunately in the clutch, uh, as teams got into the pens, uh, Shane Bieber pitched nine innings. So not much pen there, but, uh, even in spite of the White Sox, until Garrett Crochet came in, uh, s- strong bullpen work, but uh, Cleveland did break through. So I guess, Sam, uh, <laughs> response to the game. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's. I think with, with baseball, it's hard because, you know, you can watch watch something for three, three and a half, four hours, and uh, it can end like that. 
Um, but you know, largely though, the, the entirety of the game, if you're a fan of pitching was about as good, if you know, as good as you could possibly see, um, Beaver was obviously fantastic. Giolito was fantastic. Could not have really pitched any better. Um, you know, I, I, I liked like a small note there that I don't think is going to be probably talked about too much is Liam Hendricks coming in for, I guess, a hold or whatever that would be considered after his kind of shaky start to the year. Again, very, very limited sample size, but um, it was nice to see uh, Liam come in and, and throw a cleaning there. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, we were talking a little bit before we started here, uh, definitely a, a, a bummer of an outcome, but at the same time, I look at a team that has been uh, what they're five and six. Now they're a game under 500. Um, they've been, you know, having a, underperforming would be, uh, would be probably light to say there's probably a lot of people listening or fans out there that are feeling a lot more strongly about their, their negative feelings towards the team. And I look at a team that's, that's um, got far more potential than they're playing with right now. Uh, and they're a game under 500. So I think all things considered, um, you know, you could look at it both ways. You could look at an underperforming team, or you could look at a team that, I mean, they're underperforming no matter what, but I guess my point is uh, it could be a lot worse. Um, there's a couple concerning things. Like I know, you know, Sox Twitter was, was uh, all, all over the fact that, you know, um, that Nick Williams and, and Jake Lamb were in the lineup today. Uh, well, Williams is apparently now just the, the, the goat, <laughs> the uh, go-to left fielder, uh, which I guess is, is the thing. Um, Jake Lamb, DHing in there uh, today, um, almost tying the game right at the end, uh, but uh, but coming up a little bit short. Um, so yeah, uh, disappointing. But but I'm not personally. I'm not going to tell any fan how to how to be a fan or how they how they can react. But personally, I'm not going to I'm not going to panic too much. I mean, Giolito threw a gem, um, and uh, that 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 extra inning rule kind of uh, once again came back to, to bite the socks. I think two positives to take out of it, even though it is hard not to be a little bit down right now, is the fact that the White Sox got really the toughest stretch of their season traditionally out of the way right off the bat. Didn't have to even take the long travel to the West Coast because they're already in Arizona. Got that out of the way. Only one trip to Oakland remaining. Uh, you might think that's no big deal, but it is a big deal. And the fact that the team's playing, what, they're short two, three starters, two and a half starters. Uh, you know, again, injuries happen to everybody, but the fact that the White Sox were hit right off the bat, uh, even during a tough stretch with some real key injuries. And of course, Eloy may be out all season. So, uh, you know, all things considered, even a game under 500, losing a, losing a game that really is a coin flip going in yeah, uh, isn't exactly the worst thing. Although again, of course, everybody always finds some reason to be riled up. Uh, some takeaways from the game, uh, Sam, in terms of, you know, who you thought really stood out, uh, I guess, beyond Lucas Giolito and uh, maybe somebody who really sort of gets the uh, the goat crown tonight. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, obviously Giolito, but uh, aside from him, like I said, Liam Hendricks coming in and, and, and um, you know, getting the job done for, for, again, not a safe situation, but I think it was a positive to see him thrown in there. Cause I think that that's been something that Sox fans early on have been a little concerned about, is is Tony Larusa only going to be using him in in uh, safe situations, or you know where he's been, where Hendricks has been open early in the season that he's willing to go in and be that Swiss Army knife and pitch really whenever needed, not just in safe situations. So um, he showed some value there. Um, I, I do want to make a quick note here about Nick Williams because I felt <laughs> I feel I feel bad for Nick Williams. I think I think that if you're looking at uh, again Sox Twitter, the Sox fans out there frustrated to see him get these continual starts over uh, Andrew Vaughn out and left. 
Um, I, I'm not, I'm not just, you know, I'm not defending LaRusse's um, uh, decisions. I think that if that were me managing the team and be Vaughn out there, but there's a lot of kind of hate going towards Nick Williams. And, and if you're Nick Williams, you didn't do anything wrong. I don't think he's um, probably a, a major leaguer at this point, or I don't know if he's shown that certainly not a, not a starter. Um, but uh, I think that if pe- those frustrations should probably be thrown towards exclusively Tony LaRusse's way, because uh, again, Nick Williams is is not going to uh, voluntarily sit himself in favor of Andrew Vaughn. So. And, and again, as you're pointing out, real small sample size. The guys had like you know two three starts, and of course, yeah, he ends up being the brunt of a lot of ire, given the fact that Andrew Vaughn is called up, burning that service time, and uh, not playing. And that is per- it is perplexing. And but those are separate issues. Um, one thing I want to say, uh, Sam, is uh, you know we pay a lot of attention to the advanced stats. Uh, uh, Super Joseph Rhesus is doing the six pack uh, stats for us tonight. Uh, but I'm going to click over to the Fangraphs box score, and I, the White Sox broke uh, uh, win probability added tonight because I'm not sure I've seen this. I've been uh, referring to the Fangraphs box score since I was on the beat a decade ago trying to begin to understand advanced statistics. And I still don't exactly understand it well enough to know how uh, the, <laughs> the Cleveland pitching tonight has a 1.073 win probability added, which technically to me is more than is possible. I believe a hundred percent is really the highest you can get. And what's yeah. odd is the White Sox offense was unbelievably horrible. And again, I'm sure I've seen games like this before, but really Adam Eaton, with a 0.39 win probability added, everybody else negative. Jose Abreu essentially nothing. Everyone else negative. The White Sox pitching actually shows up really well, but the fact that uh, uh, Bieber and the and uh, um, uh sort of broke the box score, uh, and to and to me, in, in trying to pay attention, particularly to the end of the game, real key. Uh, bizarre play, and it seems to be a bugaboo for uh, for Yasmani Grandal as a catcher's interference. That was a uh, a one ten WPA play, uh, and then ironically enough, the uh, expected batting average of uh, Perez's single is was zero uh, forty. Uh, but that's how these things work, right? And of course, there was the other insurance run tacked on. But the fact that the Cleveland took a lead on a on a on a hit that almost every time is an out, uh, you know, just sort of adds to the frustration and tears just a little bit more hair out of Sox fans' heads, I suppose. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, and it, I think that it's easy to, and it's also easy to look at, um, you know, crochet out there. And I think Sox fans are probably going to be um, sort of disappointed about how he's sort of started out the year, but I think it, it's, it's, it's a tough situation. And I think anytime you, uh, your, your team gets shut out, um and and you, it's hard to blame the pitching uh, if they're you know because you it's it's uh, I I don't think I'm gonna go, I don't think I'm uh, doing any hot takes here Brett to say that you have to score to win um, and yeah, yeah I, I think that I think it's it's really all in the offense tonight as far as um, collectively just really uh, not showing up at all and and again you know I I want to go back to this idea that people are gonna it's easy to say well why was uh, you know, Nick Williams and Jake Lamb and Nick Williams and Jake Lamb, but there was, there's, there's a, uh, you know, uh, there's seven other guys in that lineup um, who, who also underperformed tonight. And it really, you know, at the end of the day, um, what'd you say? Adam Eaton was the only guy who didn't have a negative, uh, what was it? Win probability. Added, uh, yeah. Right. So again, um, 
a tough spot for Crochet. Uh, obviously, the catches interference situation was a tough break there, especially with the runner getting over the the third. Um, but uh, you know, I, again, I I I think the the hardest thing for me with a game like this is you waste a, a excellent start from your from your ace in Lucas mm-hmm. Giolito, and um, and I think that momentum wise, you know, you go in and he did everything he could possibly do in a that in a um, pitching matchup that lived up like, even more to the billing than I think anyone yeah. would have um, dreamed of um, as just a, a baseball observer. Um, and yeah, it kind of, and I think in that way, the way that it ultimately ended sort of was uh, that's kind of how these games, these pitching duels end. it's usually not with particularly hard contact or anything like that. It's with some, you know, goofy stuff. And I think that's what we saw, uh, what we saw tonight. Yeah. Ironically, when, when I immediately jumped on the lineup as a head scratcher, which, you know, undeniably is, yeah. was, uh, I, there were responses at least, uh, to the, to the Southside Sox account that, uh, it was as if Tony LaRusso was anticipating a one to nothing loss and he came pretty close actually. So, uh, whoever was, uh, sending that out, we're pretty uh, sharp. Another thing to add about that press hit, uh, even in a game where there was very little hard contact because of the, the strength of the pitching, that was still like in the lowest, the, the low quarter of exit velocities in the game. So even by the standard of a game where there wasn't a lot of great contact, that essentially game-winning RBI yeah. was uh, as weak as you can get. Now, in these post games, we're also going to sort of run around uh, the league a little bit, just go through some scores, maybe talk about a couple games beyond the White Sox, and it's probably best to get off this game yeah. at least for a minute uh, before we say goodbye to all our devoted listeners. So uh, I'm going to run down scores around the league, and then I think, uh, Sam, you're going to maybe pick out a couple – AL games to spotlight, but uh, tonight we had, uh, today we had the Red Sox beating the Twins. Red Sox stay really hot. They were playing that game in the snow, at least to begin with. Uh, looked just delightful. I hope that's not coming your way, Sam. Uh, uh, A's beat the D-backs in Arizona, 7-5. Uh, Mariners and Orioles split a doubleheader. Who cares about the scores? They're both lame. Uh, Mets sweep the Phillies, including in uh, the uh, opener, a walk-off, I'm going to talk about in a second. Uh, Blue Jays get a little revenge on the Yankees, 7-3. Uh, same thing, Pirates and Padres. Pirates double them up 8-4. Uh, Marlins jump all over the Atlanta Braves, 14-8 tonight. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays get beaten by the Rangers, who are, let's face it, they're pretty awful, but now 4-7. and seven. They won 8-3 to three tonight. The Cubs managed six hits in their game. Six hits, people, uh, in a 3-2 win come from behind win up in Milwaukee. Uh, Cardinals jumped all over Steven Strasburg, uh, winning 14 to three. Uh, Tigers up big late on the Astros. Royals squeak one out uh, at home against the Angels, 3-2. Reds and Giants tied up at the moment. And who cares about the Dodgers and Rockies? I think we know how that's going to wind up. Uh, Sam, what you got in the AL to chat about? Uh, so looking at that, uh, that Tigers win over, um, over the Astros, um, again, Tigers won eight to two. I believe that game's over now. Um, but unless I'm looking at something wrong here, but in any case, I did look at that game and I noted, uh, no more Mazzara, our old friend, um, hit his second home run of the season, uh, doubling, uh, doubling his, uh, his total in a White Sox uniform. And, and I, and I bring that up obviously for that reason, but also because, um, my, our co-host, my co-host Janice and I have heard a Northside Sox were on, uh, joined a Tigers podcast, um, a couple weeks ago and they were, you know, they brought up no more Mazzara. And I went on to talk about 
how, you know, I don't, you know, they had some little optimism about, they had a little bit of optimism for Mazzara and I kind of, you know, tried to throw a wet blanket over that and say, um, you know, don't get, don't get your hopes up. He's, 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 you know, nothing's there. And of course, uh, you know, I think he had two RBIs, he had a couple hits tonight. He's been, uh, he's been fine. And um, so, you know, that, that, that sounds about right. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, I did, even on that podcast, I did note that I'm not, root, I'm certainly not rooting against him. Mm-hmm. I just thought that after watching him for, um, you know, even though it was a shortened season after watching him uh, in a White Sox uniform uh, last year, um, just did not seem like he was going to find that power stroke. Um, but he's already doubled his his yeah. total here. He the- looked cooked, and now in Motown, uncooked, back raw, raw Mazzara. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is, I want to go to this uh, this uh, uh, excuse me this athletics game. Um, Oakland is a team where I believe they started their season zero and six. Yeah, really bad. Um, they have now, uh, with the win tonight, improved to five and seven. Um, again, they're, and I, I think I, I want to note that because I think they've won like five of their last six games. Um, and they, and I think this is now four in a row with this win tonight. Um, it just goes to show, I mean, I was thinking about how the White Sox have had this sort of uneven start to the season. Obviously, um, you know, people are, are, are definitely, like I said earlier, probably not happy with or, or underwhelmed with the performances so far. Um, but this kind of goes to a larger point that I look at where, you know, you look at the athletics starting out the season 0 and 6. If the White Sox start out the season 0 and 6, I, I can't even imagine what, what it would be like. Um, uh, it's an, it's a baseball's 162 game season. Um, we were just talking right before we started recording. I, you know, I've just turned 28 years old. Um, and I've, for a lot of those years as a White Sox fan, as a baseball fan, I've lived and died with every game uh, during the season, um, which as a White Sox fan, most years that's that's tough to do um but uh but it's just to say that you know now the the athletics are sound looks like they're you know they're a solid team looks like they're getting back on track um usually in baseball and and i i think it's fair to say um if you've got you know if you've got the players um it usually doesn't the manager is not going to make a whole big a whole lot of a difference now we'll see i mean depending on how much how you know and I, i was i was texting with janice during the game and saying this, I was, I called it Vaughn gate. And I don't know, you know, I, I'm only really just now realizing that Vaughn gate might be a real thing as far as Andrew Vaughn being uh, sat for technically a veteran and Nick Williams. Um, we'll see how much, how, how much more frequently this happens. And if it really becomes more of an issue, um, I don't know if I'm calling it that yet. Um, but, but again, going the, the tie in here that I have with the athletics and the white Sox is, you know, you you can uh, one week in baseball can change a lot and from when the athletics were zero and six to now when they're five and seven um i'm sure that their fan base uh after now i believe a four game winning streak is feeling a little bit more optimistic than they were after that first week so as i told you before we started here um you know in a in a week and even tomorrow night if the white Sox, uh you know take take that game um, it's almost like the watching the observing the, the fan reactions on a day-to-day basis can be kind of, uh, kind of entertaining. <laughs> um, yeah. No kidding. All right. Well, over in the national league, I got a few games for you. Uh, mentioned Steven Strasburg getting clobbered, uh, in his game, uh, by St. Louis, uh, went four innings, eight runs, seven earned three home runs, and even old friend Lewis Avilan uh, got clobbered pretty well by the Cardinals in that game uh, with 
Miami and Atlanta, uh, Marcelo Zuna, three for four, home run, three RBIs. Max Freed, just four innings, also eight runs, seven earned, two home runs, just two home runs given up there down in Atlanta. Jonathan Villar came in the eighth inning in extra innings for New York. Uh, and he ended up being the guy in the bottom of the inning, having the walk-off single for that eighth inning, uh, eight inning win in the opener. And the Mets did complete the sweep with a Marcus Stroman win over Aaron Nola. Uh, so Mets fans are happy right now. And of course, who cares about the Cubs and who cares about the National Leagues? But it was Wilson Contreras who had a two-run homer, six hits. Again, really stop the presses, stop listening, run your computer, confirm six hits for the Cubs in tonight's game. They are back. Uh, yeah. So that's a National League. And hey, listen, as we wind this thing up, let's, let's just review the fact that we're going to basically, hey, who when I was a kid, I called sports phone and I got a bunch of scores by one guy reading them and it was pretty boring. I don't really want to do a post game thing where it's me reading into a microphone scores. You can get that anywhere. Who cares? I'm certainly not that entertaining. It'll be fun to hop on with different Southside socks. Uh, personnel over the course of the year, of course, headlined by one Sam Sherman uh, in the debut episode, uh, just to make it fun, because let's face it, anybody can just look at a box score. We're trying to put some perspective on these post games and maybe have a little fun as well. To that end, let me acknowledge 171 comments when we went on air on site on the game thread tonight. Uh, Anohito, 28 comments made he's atop the leaderboard and it looks like in fact i might read this it's going to take us into the explicit territory the most recommended comment let's see if i can find it quickly that came from obnoxious american and it's talking about extra innings enough with this man on second dog shit you got a total classic going on and now you have this clown show garbage pissing all over it and this believe me is a sentiment that i have about extra innings sam you witnessed it firsthand at the ballpark Last year, they probably had an extra inning game at home. I don't know if they did, but okay. certainly witnessed it. And uh, it was, uh, I imagine, horrifying to you as well. Um, yeah, I. it's funny. I think that when I was when I was covering the team last year at the ballpark, um, I didn't mind it, especially later into the season, because, you know, you get a little bit tired. Oh, I, I imagine the beat guys <laughs> love this rule. <laughs> but see, I didn't think, but Brett, I didn't think that that was going to happen to me in my first, you know, I thought, I thought I'd, I'd you know, but you no, know, you, you do. Um, I hate even saying that because it's, it was nothing mm-hmm. but an, an incredible experience, but no, you know, you get, you get, if it's a, if you're, if you're doing a few games there in a row or whatever, and you get, you know, you can be a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, slow as people know, baseball can be, I love it obviously, but, um, but no, at the park, but no, watching it, watching it in this setting in a different, in kind of a different context. I mean, I thought maybe like that, like I said last year, I thought maybe it was, it was growing on me a little bit, but no, that's a great, that comment is a great point. Um, you take a classic, uh, pitching matchup and you do this to it. Um, and we can thank, uh, our overlord Rob Manfred for that. <laughs> Big baseball fan. All right. Uh, we are going to try and get this up. So all you on the West Coast or the people who are just waiting up to hear this podcast you didn't know was even going to happen to hear it close to live tonight got to get that up for you so before midnight it'll be up or otherwise hey with your morning cup of coffee or coca-cola or tea enjoy me and sam talking about a pretty excruciating game but the rest of the day around baseball as well sam thanks for taking the plunge with me and jumping on for this thanks for having me brett all right thanks everybody for reading listening and a couple of you watching